Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 58. Back in episode 54, we previewed listener Danielle Perry's first cruise on Royal Caribbean, and this week, Danielle's back to share how her family cruise was and if she has become a Royal Caribbean fan. We've also got lots of great emails to share as well. Here we go. Joining us once again on the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast is my very good friend, Danielle Perry, who is back from her Allure of the Seas cruise, which was her first Royal Caribbean cruise with her family. And Danielle, welcome back. Sorry. And, I, uh, know. Boo. I know. We're recording this podcast, what, a day or two after you just got off the ship, right? The worst like day in the world. Yes, exactly. The day after. Yep. So... Let's talk about it. Your first, you want to learn the season. Of course, uh, if folks want to kind of make this more of an organic experience, they want to see. Uh, we had Danielle actually on the podcast back in episode 54 when we previewed her cruise. And now Danielle's back, obviously, having done the Eastern Caribbean. Danielle, how was the how was the cruise in a nutshell? In a nutshell, it was awesome. It's the best one-word answer I can give. <laughs> now, of course, to, just to recap, Danielle is coming in. This, Danielle's a very experienced cruiser. She's cruised on Disney Cruise Line many, many, many times. And at much mm-hmm. of my behest, I was encouraging her to keep <laughs> to try Royal Caribbean. I think she'll like it. We both come from a similar background. And you know, I, I thought, really thought her family was going to have a great time. And let's talk about that. You get to uh, Port Everglades in Florida and you get on the ship. What is your reaction? Uh, Eddie and I were completely overwhelmed when we stepped on. Um, just so many people, because when you, I'm sure you know you've been on the Oasis, as soon as you get on, you're in the Royal Promenade there, and it's very busy, very colorful, there's lots of people, it was just very overwhelming. Um, so that was our first first initial, you know, a thought when we first got on, Um and then we started to, you know, first we, our thought was, let's go find lunch. Yep. Um, so that that was another, you know, kind of intimidating task, trying because we knew we wanted to try Park Cafe. So we were trying to figure out, okay, where is Central Park? How do we get there? <laughs> There's so many elevators that you, you know, to choose from. And um, so, yeah, it was, it, it's intimidating. I think even though, like you said, I am a seasoned cruiser, but the allure and oasis, like the oasis class, is its own separate beast. I think even oh, yeah. if you're, uh, even if you're an avid cruiser, it, this is still takes some getting used to for sure. Yeah, it's it's the oasis class is a great ship. I love it, but it is so it's such a departure from other ships. Not only Royal Caribbean Sleep, but also other cruise lines because it's such a massive beast, and they've done such a great job with it. But it it is very much it doesn't follow the form, as you can no. tell. And uh, but I, but. It's, it's a great experience. So let's talk about your stateroom. You booked the Royal Promenade. How did you like it? I loved it. I was really worried because coming from Disney Cruise Line, the staterooms are known to be bigger than any other cruise line. And so we kind of got spoiled by that. Um, and we normally get, if not a balcony, we always at least get an ocean view. Um, but this time, because we, like I talked about the last time as I was on your podcast, because of the great deal, I wanted to save money. I booked the Royal Promenade and it was smaller than what I'm used to and it doesn't have a window 
to the outside. It just has a view of the Royal Promenade. So I was a little intimidated about what I would find. And I had read and heard some reviews saying that there might be a lack of privacy. People might be able to see into your stateroom. So you'll have to keep your your drapes closed the entire time. And so I went in there with mixed feelings, but I stepped inside and I was completely pleasantly surprised. And so was Eddie because it just felt a lot more spacious than what we were expecting. Um, so even though there was the four of us, it really didn't feel much different in size than when we, you know, our typical Disney stateroom. So we, right off the bat, when we entered the stateroom, we were pleasantly surprised. And then I, the first thing I did was go to the window cause I wanted to see just how close I, or how, you know, easily I'd be able to see into the, into the other guest stateroom across the promenade for me. But really um, I couldn't, you know, we were so high up from the goings on of the promenade that there's no way anybody on the ground floor there would be able to see into my room unless right. I was pressed right up into, uh, against the window. You know, that's the only <laughs> way they would be, see. And the people directly across from us, um, with the promenade rooms across from us, th- we had like an obstructed, just like a little obstruction in the ceiling, something that hung down a little bit. So there's no way we could see into their rooms or them to us. So it was perfect. I didn't have to really, we didn't have to close our curtains at all unless, you know, except for at night when we wanted the darkness, but not for privacy issues. So I love my stateroom and I would recommend it to anybody and I would definitely get it again. Awesome. For the cost savings, for sure. Obviously, it's nice to have a balcony. But if you're trying to save money, you don't want to put the extra money into the balcony, you will not be disappointed with the promenade room. That's that's great to hear. Now, let's talk about yeah. your other your other big concern. And I go, you know, this was, was what the kids were going to do on board and, and the activities for the kids. And, and uh, did, I don't think we established how old your kids are on the other podcast. So they're five. Um, when my daughter's five, who's going to be six in January, and my son is just shy of four. He's going to be four at the end of this month. Um, so yeah, you know they're at that age where they're perfect for Disney. So I was a little bit hesitant coming on another line, <laughs> not knowing what you know, because they are used to a certain thing now, going to Disney World and going to Disney Cruise Line. So yeah, there was a little hesitation there. But so you went to Adventure Ocean, got them registered. How did they, how did they mm-hmm. like Adventure Ocean? They really liked it. It's so it is a lot different than um, Disney Cruise Lines Oceaneers Lab and Oceaneers Club. Um, it's different in the sense that first of all, the ages are broken, like the groups are broken up by age. So luckily for my kids' ages, they were both in the same program. They were in the Aquanauts program, um, so it was different for them. But I like that that they were just going to be with kids around their own age because on Disney, as you probably know, it's from three to twelve year olds, and they're all in the same ginormous room so this was nice they were they were in a smaller area with kids their own age um, and it was more structured so they had they had activities um, that they stuck to and they were you know teacher led or not teacher but camp counselor whatever you want to call them right um, you know the leaders there so um, it wasn't like a free-for-all as as it is on Disney where you just run in and you can go to whatever activity you want to do this was more structured things um, where everybody's doing the same thing kind of at once, um, unless there is, you know, there's some unstructured time as well, but it's just a different, it's more like a classroom feel, um, which my kids really liked actually. They, I kept asking them throughout the week. So how does this compare? Like 
I tried to get it out of them without directly asking them that question, but you know, how is this on Mickey's cruise ship and how is this here? And, but they, they kept saying the whole time, Oh, we like both. This is great. And we went on with friends as well. So just having that extra familiarity in the club too, with their cousins and they just had a ball there and we had a, tr- a routine, I should say that every night we would feed them. And then the, the evening session was started at six forty-five in the Oceaneers, uh, adventure ocean, I yep. should say. So <laughs> they would go right there at 645 when that started and that was the routine that after dinner 645 to 10 because that's when that's when it stops being free and you have to start paying the nominal fee they'd be in the kids club and my husband and I would go do you know an adults only dinner and then enjoy some lounges and so it was awesome they were fine with that staying in there for that length of time and each night it was a great routine that we had set up by the end of the week that's so great to hear I I, my daughter had a very similar experience so very, very good to hear that. Now let's yeah. talk about uh, activities on board, entertainment. What did you find? What were maybe your top couple things that you did on board in terms of activities, shows, what have you, that really uh, struck a chord with you? Um, well, the first, what we started our week with was Oceanaria, which is their aqua show. Um, and that was absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I don't know how... I don't know how they produce something of that caliber on a ship. It was just, (laughs) it was beautiful. It was like, it was just, I couldn't believe that they could do those stunts on a moving vessel. Um, And it was something you would see in Vegas or, you know, like a true Cirque du Soleil type performance. And it was, it was mind blowing, but uh, so that was probably my favorite activity that there is, (laughs) my favorite (laughs) show to do on board, but there's so many different categories of activities. When you ask me what's your favorite activity activities, it's just so hard to pick one because you know, there's the shows, but then there's also the neighborhoods. And I almost consider the neighborhoods to be, you know, activities in themselves, like the boardwalk, it what became like our, our favorite place to spend time as a family because my kids love the carousel. Um, so we would do that, you know, five times in a row each day. And then we liked, um, just outside of Rita's Cantina, there's like a little climbing structure for the kids and my kids loved playing in that. There's also a beanbag toss game, which my son really gravitated to. So we would have to stop and he'd let him play that for a long time too each day. Um, and we liked Johnny Rockets. That was a great spot to get breakfast for free and it was never crowded. So if you wanted to avoid the crowds at the Windjammer, this was great, a great option too. So I, the boardwalk to me was probably my favorite family activity that we did. Um, but for Eddie and I, I loved Central Park because it, that had such a romantic feel to it, especially at night when yes. all the light, when all the lights are on and you could eat outside. It was just, I don't know. We said it all throughout the week. This does not feel like a cruise ship, especially when you're in Central Park. It just feels like <laughs> you're somewhere else, but it does not feel like you're on a moving ship. That's for sure. So I think that was our favorite spot as a couple. Um, but I don't, there's just so much to do. I mean, it's impossible to do all the activities that are available in one week. It's just, it makes you want to go back on and do it, do another week. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great experience. And I totally agree about Central Park. It's a fantastic place to just relax. Daytime. It's beautiful. At night, I think it's even more beautiful. Like you yeah. said, with the lights and the ambiance and eating outside. Ooh, and they it's, usually it's really have 
Yeah, they usually have live music going yes. on at Central Park, and it's always like classical. So it's just very romantic. That they've done a really great job of creating certain ambiances in the different neighborhoods. It's just, yeah, I was really impressed by that. Yeah, you you hit upon two different things, or you noted two different things. I think that are really key that Real Caribbean tries to do these days. One is the you mentioned Vegas style entertainment. That's definitely what they're going for with almost yeah. everything they offer for entertainment and the live music. That's like been a Royal Caribbean staple for many many years. Is this they they really like to bring on live music acts and and make that a part of the cruise experience? So sounds like you hit it right on the uh, on the head there. How about dining? Yes. Where what did where did you eat? So we only actually, which is completely different for us, because we we normally when we go on Disney, it's different obviously with the rotational dining on Disney, but we're always main dining room type people. Um, yep. Once in a while, you maybe one time out of the week we'll go to the specialty restaurant, but because on the Allure there's so many specialty restaurants, we felt that we couldn't just go once. <laughs> so we, you know, <laughs> of we went to the main dining room twice this cruise, but. Um, we went to Giovanni's table and we ended up actually eating there twice. Um, and we went to chops and then one night just for a casual dinner, we went to Johnny Rockets. So, and then one night we even tried the wind jammer just to do something really casual. Uh, so we really wanted, I really wanted to get the, as much as I could anyway, in a week, try to get the full experience of the ship. Um, because I knew you'd be asking me all these questions, (laughs) but, but just because I felt, you know, it's there's so much to do let's try to do as much as we can and not i just didn't want to limit ourselves to just eating in the dining room or just eating at chops or you know what i mean i wanted to try as much of the variety as we could and i think we did a good job of it um obviously there's still things we didn't do there's the other specialty restaurants we didn't go to but um i and the thing we found i wanted to mention this at some point too i'll mention it now we were just so blown away by the portion sizes at, at, at um, the specialty restaurants. We, we're not used to that. When we go to a specialty restaurant, we're, we're used to a tiny little portion. Um, so here we are ordering all these app. <laughs> we ordered the first time we sat down at Giovanni's, we ordered all these appetizers because we thought, okay, there's just going to be bite-sized little things and we'll share them. And then they came and they're almost like full plates of food as appetizers. And we just left that day, as my cousin describes it, we were in food, a food coma because we (laughs) ate so much and we're not the kind of people that want to leave food. I mean, when we see the food on our plate, we feel we have to eat it and finish it. And oh my God, we just ate way too much. But I was really surprised, you know, you're at these four fee restaurants, but I still had this expectation that it's it's like an upscale, tiny portion type of place. But I was just blown away by how much food they actually give you. So I really have to give give a nod to Royal Caribbean for that too. That's just not I wasn't expecting it, and the the quality of food obviously was really really good. Um, me being of Italian background, as I mentioned last time, it was really good Italian food. So I I loved. I can't say enough about Giovanni's. For me, chops, I'm not much of a meat eater, so that was more for my husband, (laughs) but he liked it. Um, He liked chops too, but he actually enjoyed, surprisingly, the steak more, the filet mignon, more at Giovanni's than he did at chops. So that was a a little unexpected, but uh, yeah, that uh, that was our conclusion after those two. Yes, and and as we as we wrap things up here, I got to ask you I, because I heard this is a leading question because I don't know the answer to it, but <laughs> but but um, I think oh, that no. you have something. I think you have something to tell me based on all those months of telling you it'll be okay, <laughs> you'll I like know. it. It's actually just as good, if not better, than Disney. And uh, what 
And, and what do you think about oh. that now? Well, I have to admit, Matt, you were right. So you can tell me you <laughs> so. Yes. yes <laughs> you were definitely yes, yes. right. It, it exceeded it, – it really met and exceeded my expectations for sure. Um, it just – it had – I had qualms about going on Royal Caribbean with young kids, um, having only sailed Disney, but this really, I mean, I would have no worries whatsoever in recommending any of my clients or any of my friends, um, to go to give Royal Caribbean a chance because my kids had a ball and they said they want to go back. Um, they loved the characters. They loved the, the adventure ocean. They loved the boardwalk. So like to anybody listening your kids will not be disappointed they will have the time of their lives and they'll be begging to come back well i'm i'm really so happy i don't not trying to gloat but i thought that (laughs) i thought that when you told me that i i needed to bring that up because i I think that's important people understand that there are people who are worried about you know coming to royal caribbean and the experience they're going to have and that i think says it in a nutshell more than i could ever explain and yeah. I'm so glad that you guys had a great time, you know, personally, because we're friends, but also, you know, just from a standpoint of, you know, what the cruise line is doing and the experience on board. And it's always gratifying to hear people kind of getting it. And uh, I'm hope I know that we're you're going to be sailing with me on the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise coming up in yeah. uh, on Quantum of really? the Seas. I'm looking forward to that even more now, Matt. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll have a lot to discuss before then. But uh, usually I-, I asked these questions the last time you were on board, but uh of course, you've been a couple of these questions actually are relevant. I can finally ask you again. What's now your favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Well, Giovanni's, of course. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and do you have now a preferred drink on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Did you discover anything different? Um, I had actually, what was it called? Oh, my goodness. I did try something, and now I cannot remember. It was, um, Must be good it was a, a, raspberry, a raspberry bellini. Something oh, like cool. that. It was really good, really yummy. I, I usually stick to my Bloody Marys or just wine. I'm pretty. I'm usually pretty boring, but that night I I said I want to try something different, and I looked through their drink menu, and I landed on that, and I was pleasantly surprised. So that would be my new favorite drink. Awesome. Well, Danielle, a pleasure to always have you on the podcast. Looking forward to seeing you on Quantum of the Seas. Thanks, Matt. All right, time to answer your emails, tweets, Facebook messages, and other forms of communication you managed to get a hold of me with. And we'll start an email from Christopher Percy, who writes, Matt, episode 55, I like your new top five format. Great idea. We've sailed on the Freedom several times and always had a terrific time. There's a nice balance between being on a big ship, offering many amenities, and yet being easy to get around and not overwhelming like the Oasis-class ships can be. Christopher, I think you heard earlier in this episode, Danielle's experience, you're right. The Oasis class is wonderful, but it is such a massive cruise ship on such a massive scale that there's just nothing that compares to it. And it can be kind of overwhelming, honestly, but and you get used to it, but it's a great experience. But I do agree about the Freedom class is a great ship, and I always go back and forth in my mind, do I like Freedom or Voyager class better, because they're very similar to each other, but it's such a great ship to enjoy, and, and I think that when you get a chance to try it out for yourself, if you haven't been on Freedom yet, you'll see what exactly what I'm talking about. So, always, I appreciate the email. Thank you, Christopher. Next, we have an email from Christopher Yaznik. I just want to take a moment to thank you for all your hard work on the blog and the podcast. Both are entertaining and informative. I've sailed on four Royal Caribbean cruises, but nothing than a Radiance class when I sailed on Serenade of the Seas out of New Orleans this past February. This is our first cruise back with Royal in about five years because when we started our family, so few Royal ships had a nursery which really limited our options. Like you, 
I had sailed a lot with Disney Cruise Line. I think they are just pricing themselves out of the market. I think they are a better product, but not that much better. And Royal Caribbean offers a great cruise at a much better price point. I'm excited to see some of the bigger Royal Caribbean ships in the next two years as I'm booked on the quantum sailing that leaves on Easter Sunday and then on Allure of the Seas the year after that. Also, thanks to your sponsorship, I decided to try MEI Travel for a third Royal Caribbean cruise that I just booked yesterday, a quick three-night cruise on the Enchantment of the Seas next summer. Thank you again for all that you do, both here and on WDW Today. Chris, thank you so much for the email. I'm glad to hear not only that you're enjoying getting back into the Royal Caribbean cruise swing of things, you're also, of course, supporting the, the blog and our, and our sponsor, which is always, I always appreciate that. Thank you so much. But so it makes the, the blog keep going. And, you know, it's interesting because you're right. I remember when we first started cruising, I think when my daughter was first born, her first cruise, we went on Freedom of the Seas and they had just gotten a nursery. But otherwise, there was really just Freedom of the Seas and the Oasis class. And that was it. So the, really, the entire fleet was off limits to us to an extent and now that she's a little older she can get into the adventure ocean it it doesn't really matter anymore because now basically almost all the ships in the fleet have gotten nurseries and that makes a huge difference for young families who are looking to be able to get out there but they want to have that kind of ability to bring the younger children on board i think royal caribbean definitely got that memo so to speak and it's it's wonderful so yeah if you've got young kids these days you can have as, as soon as they're able to go cruising they can go on a Royal Caribbean ship, and that does make a huge difference. So I'm glad to hear you may also be able to check out some other ships because, as you mentioned, you've been on the Radiance class, which is a great class of ships. beautiful, in fact. But getting up to the Quantum class and the, and the Oasis class, man, you're in for a big surprise. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it, Chris. And, of course, I want to hear about your experiences on board as you uh, get on there. So have a great time, and thank you again for supporting the podcast and the blog. Let's go to an email from Dan Palmieri of Cary, North Carolina. I'm a long-time listener of WDW Today, and I've been listening to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast since episode one. Thank you for all the hard work on both podcasts. Now on to my question. My wife and I will be sailing on Brilliance of the Seas in April on a five-night cruise leaving out of Tampa with stops in Grand Cayman and Cozumel. This will be our fifth cruise and third on Royal Caribbean, but we've never been to Cozumel before. I'm looking at the shore excursions we might take in Cozumel. I'm most interested in visiting the ruins at Tulum. I'm a history buff and have never visited any ancient Maya sites before, so this is right up my alley. My concern is this. I've heard the ferry from Cozumel to the mainland can be a little rough, and some people can get really sick. I like to see Tulum, but I'd hate to have an all-day excursion messed up by getting sick first thing. Do you have any thoughts on taking the ferry? Is it worth the risk to see Tulum? Appreciate any advice you have for us. So, Dan, I've heard similar things and it's it has been what's prevented me from doing that exact excursion. I really actually do want to do that. I just haven't gotten around to it. And the, the main reason has been I've been warned not to do it because of weather conditions, essentially. So the the ferry I have actually haven't heard the ferry thing. I heard that the bus ride is actually very bumpy. And in the in the summertime, if you go during any time of the warmer months, which again in Mexico is pretty much from like March, April, all the way till about November. It can get very, very, very warm there. It's not a surprise you're in the jungle and you're in Mexico. <laughs> I'm not really dropping any truth bombs on you by telling you that. However, it can kind of like they're they're very cool, but cool to see. But it's it's the elements can wreak havoc on you. So that's primarily why I haven't done it, Dan. Would I think honestly, if I were to, if I were planning a cruise to go to Cozumel on my next uh, ship that I'm going on, which I'm not, but if I was. And I was looking at doing that. I really, really, really want to do it. And I might actually, I, I would probably want to do because like you, I think the history of it makes up for if it's really hot, I'm just going to sweat to death and 
whatever. Because I think a lot of these excursions usually include a beach break of some sort or some opportunity to really cool down. And that may be worth it in and of itself. I haven't heard too much about the ferry again. Usually they have actually a number of ferries that go across to the mainland from Cozumel. Cozumel is on an island and there's a little inlet between Cozumel and the mainland of Mexico. And that is actually it's Playa del Carmen is, is on the other side there. And that's how you get to the area where, where Tulum is. So, you know, if I were you, Dan, I would give it a try, honestly. I, I think it's worth it. I'm not sure what month you're going. If you're going in like July and August, all right, I might rethink it. But if you're going in, let's say, not going between June and September, I would give it a try. Otherwise, you might want to play it by ear because I, I'm not sure that the excursion necessarily sells out. But that'd be my advice. I'm kind of rambling on here, but it, I, I think you kind of get where I'm coming from. But of course, if any of our listeners have tried the Tulum excursion, let us know how bad or good it is. Is this completely overblown and maybe a couple people got sick and they've ruined it for the rest of us in terms of the reviews or is it okay? I think it's okay, but let us know your thoughts. You can email me, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com and we'll keep things going here with an email from Angela Wright. He's writing, hi, Matt. Thanks for sharing the Windjamer story on this week's podcast. I always wonder the story behind the pronunciation. And, of course, we always have new listeners. The I mispronounced purposely the Windjammer, the Windjammer, because on one of my first Royal Caribbean cruises, my sister was on board, and we were like, we were talking about something. I, was, I don't know what we're talking about, but she happened to mention in passing the Windjammer, and she called it the Windjammer. And we said, what did you call it? And she said, Windjammer. And she said, that's not how you pronounce it. And it was just one of those funny moments and, I, and ever since then, my family has always pronounced it Windjamer just for fun. And so on this podcast, my it's my goal, if nothing else, to get people to mispronounce the Windjam, mispronounce Windjamer, the Windjamer, just to keep that little family. I think it's fun. So anyway, glad you picked up on that, Angela. Anyway, Angela continues. This made me think of my new name for my 15-year-old and I have a Ben and Jerry's. Don't know if you realize it, but on the top five things to do on the Freedom of the Seas podcast, you originally referred to Ben and Jerry's as Tom and Jerry's. Oh, I did? Ooh. That's a slip of the tongue. Both my son and I caught this and got a kick out of it. Now we time we talk about the upcoming cruise, we talk about getting ice cream at Tom and Jerry's. Kind of our little inside joke now. Thanks for the podcast. It's helping make my last 52 days before we board Freedom of the Seas bearable. Did I really call it for Tom and Jerry's? I'm totally listening to that podcast again uh, after I finished recording this because, man, I can't believe I did that. I did make fun of my sister, and now I have done the same thing. Urgh. Awesome. Angela, thank you so much for emailing us. Of course, thank you everybody who continues to support the podcast. Send these great emails. Tweet us. Share their photos on Friday Photos. Whatever it happens to be, we really enjoy it. And we want you to be on this podcast as well. So if you've got thoughts, questions, comments, things are always changing at Royal Caribbean. You know, if that, I mean, questions are great, and I love answering them. If you have comments, if you just have, want to share something on here, this is your forum. I want you to feel like you're part of this podcast after all you're my friends i want everyone who's listening to this podcast to feel like we're friends because i i consider you all my friends and i want you to be on here to be able to share your thoughts anytime you feel so email me is always the best matt m-a-t-t at royal caribbean blog.com you can also go to our facebook page facebook.com slash royal caribbean blog or go on twitter where twitter.com slash the rcl blog so until next time i'm matt hotchberg and we'll talk again soon